Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. We'll be reading in Mark chapter 8, if you'll be uh, finding your place there. Uh, read this scripture in, in just in my normal devotional reading this week and just really jumped out at me. And for some reason, it, I had never uh, really processed it like I did uh, as I read it this time. And so I'm hoping we can learn something from um, this uh, passage of Scripture this morning. I think it's actually very, uh, very fascinating, uh, the, the the thought that the Lord gives us. So if you found your place, uh, if, you, if you're able, I ask you to stand. And, and, and as well, I hope all of you at home will follow along with us reading uh, the Word of God. But in Mark chapter 8, in verse number 14, <clears throat> Bible says, Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye, because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your hearts yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? Having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among the four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, how I thank you for this service. Thank you for everyone that is, Lord, here physically. And Lord, how I thank you for those joining us online. And Lord, I realize how serious it is to stand before this almighty throne and, and, uh, Lord, to try to represent you to the people. And Lord, we do it with fear and, and, uh, understanding, Lord, that, uh, uh, this is very important. I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Lord, may we all receive, uh, Lord, a word from you. We pray in Jesus' name and amen. So let's just go through this scripture and, and then uh, I'll show you what kind of caught my attention. But as we look at verse number one, if you'll have it in verse, or I'm sorry, the first verse we read, verse number 14, the disciples are, they, they had, the verses before this, he had just fed the, uh, the multitude. They get in a ship, uh, they're going across and they only got a loaf of bread. Okay. So they have a physical problem. If you will, we're going on a trip and we have no food. Okay. That, that is a problem. Okay. And so if you will, that's what's on their mind. 
They're thinking, I have a physical problem. I have a natural problem. I have a, uh, now, now can we all agree not having something to eat is, is kind of a big deal, right? I mean, if you don't have enough food, that, that is kind of something to, to be concerned about. So then Jesus gives them a message. Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the, of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now that is a spiritual message. God is, Jesus is giving them a spiritual, uh, um, um, warning. He's giving them a spiritual instruction, but their mind is on their physical problem, right? So what did they do? So they hear from Jesus to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, and they translate that. It must have to do with what's on my mind, which is I don't have enough food. Okay? (laughs) And they misinterpret and they say, oh, he's talking about we didn't bring enough food. That's what he's talking about. And Jesus said, what's wrong with you guys? I'm not talking about that you don't have enough bread. I love what Jesus said, and boy, we could preach a whole message on this, but I want you to think about this. I love what Jesus said. If I could just put it in my own words, boys, listen, I just fed 5,000 people, probably 20,000 people with five loaves of bread. Do you think I can feed 12 of you with a loaf? I mean, think about it, right? And, and, And by the way, boys, I've never failed you. I've never let you down. I've never let you alone. I've never not taken care of you. So why are you caught up on your little problem? Because I've always been there. Amen? And we can say the same thing in church. We come into church, we're all caught up, and I've got a problem, I've got a need, I've got this, I've got that. And and God says, why are you thinking about that? Haven't I always taken care of you? Haven't I always, have I ever let you down? Has there been one time I did not come through for you? Why are you sitting there thinking about your problems? And the Word of God comes, and all we can think about is our problems. But what really got my attention, what got me kind of studying on this scripture, and what really just really, really, and you think about this, this is really quite um, quite a statement. They go through the interchange, their minds are on physical things, Jesus is trying to give them a spiritual lesson, uh, they translate what he says into their physical problems, and the Lord asks them, you know, what's wrong with you, why are you thinking this way? But then he says in verse 18, having eyes you see not, and having ears you hear not. And do not remember. Here's what got my attention. <clears throat> if we go back to chapter 4, in the same book, if we go back to chapter 4, Jesus tells a parable of the sower and the seed. Okay? And, you know, a lot of people think that uh, um, the parables are just a, a heavenly story in a, uh, in a, a, na- a natural story that has a heavenly meaning, but there's a little bit more to it than that. But when he tells the story uh, of the parable, and then he tells the disciples, they they come to him want to know what it is, and he said, he said, why are you doing this parables? He said, well, to you, you guys understand spiritual things, but he said they they don't. And this is what he says about them. He's, this is talking about the lost people on their way to hell who will not hear the word of God. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven. So Jesus is referencing those that are lost, those that are on their way to hell, 
those that will not receive the gospel as having ears and not being able to hear and having eyes and not be able to see, that's who he, how he's referencing them. And that kind of makes sense. There are lost people who hear the gospel and, and they do nothing with it. They don't receive it. They don't, it's some people that doesn't even bother them. Some people make no changes in their lives. And so we understand they've got ears, but they're not here. How do you tell someone you're going to go to hell? And they say, I don't care. How do you tell someone without Jesus, you're going to be damned forever? I don't care. Because they got ears, but they're not listening. They got eyes, but they're not seeing. But here's what caught my attention. Jesus isn't talking to sinners. In chapter 8, he's not even talking to the weakest Christians. Do you know who Jesus is talking to? The 12 disciples. The best that he had. The, If you will, the, the best Christians. That got my attention. So what he said in chapter 4, those those sinners who won't listen, and then he gets in the boat with them, and now he says, the best Christians I got, you guys are like those people that are on their way to hell not listening. <laughs> and that got my attention. I'm thinking, now how, how is this, how is this, how can this be? So let's, let's bring it into uh, today. So we would all agree... We would all agree, and looking around the congregation, most of you have been saved for a long time. Amen? Can we just all agree, Jesus has always taken care of us. He's always been faithful. He's always been good. We Listen, in this church, we've been through a lot of tragedies, a lot of heartaches, a lot of times it looked really, really bad. But God has always been faithful. Amen? That's just, that's just true. Now I'm just going to talk a little bit honest here before we get any farther in the thing, uh, kind of laying out the story. I'm just going to be a little bit honest, uh, just kind of bring it out the way it really is. Is there one among us, starting with the pastor, but is there one among us that although I know God's always been good, there have been times I have come to church and I'm just thinking about my problems. I don't really care what the preacher says. I don't care if they're singing and shouting, crazy hallelujah. I don't care if we're talking about Jesus' blood. I got a problem, people. I got a problem. (laughs) I ain't really worried about Jesus right now. I got a problem. Now, if we were talking to new converts, I'd say, well, that's understandable. If we were talking to lost people, that's understandable. But when we're talking to someone who's been saved for 40 years, and you come to church and you can't think nothing about your problems, and that's what got me thinking. Now, maybe you've got a halo on this morning. You say, that's never happened to me. But I would dare challenge that every last person here has done that. Every last one of us has come in. You're so consumed with your problems, your issues, your this, your that. I've had people tell me. I've had numerous people tell me. Preacher, I, I am offended. I've got a big problem. And you got up and preached the gospel. You didn't even preach about my problem. I come to church for you to tell me what to do about my problem. And all you got to do is preach about the gospel. I'm not interested. In it. I want to hear about my problem. See what they're saying? I got a problem. I'm not interested in Jesus right now. I'm interested in my problem. You know what Jesus said? Didn't I take care of your problem last time? Have I always taken care of your problem? Have I ever let you down? Have I ever, have I, am I enough? If you just concentrate on me, you wouldn't have to worry about your problems. Right? But we come into church thinking, well, you know, I got all these things bothering me. I I just don't, uh, and and we see it all the time and, and it's really, really sad. And, and I don't think that really any of us are immune to this. And this isn't a this isn't a uh, 
shame on you message. This is just a, this is where we're all at message. Okay, this is just this is just where we're at. And what, what's what's the problem here, people? What's the problem? We're human. That's our problem, right? We're human. When we quit being human, but Darren said, won't be long. We won't have to deal with this anymore. When I quit being human, I won't be that way anymore. <laughs> when I can be, when I can be spiritual, I, I won't. But until then, I do sometimes come to church wrapped up in my own thoughts, my own concerns, my own sidetrack things I've got my mind on, and I miss what Jesus has to say to me. Now, can we just can we just admit right here, all of that, if you guys seem to be tracking with it, all of that is true. Can we just admit it's kind of important what Jesus has to say? Can we just admit that? In other words, you come to church. I mean, why do you guys come to church? Everybody says we come to church to hear the word of God. We come to church to worship the Lord. Well, it is important that we come here. We're in a place now with this virus that we're only meeting once a week. It is very vital. It is very important. It is very important joining us online. It is very important. It's important what we're going to do here. But we sometimes come and we are robbed because I got a problem. I got a problem. <laughs> right? Now, if we just be real, and I'm going to try and just be just as honest and transparent as I can, and, and I, you know, I don't know uh, how all the rest of you are. Has anybody here ever tried to turn your problem off and you couldn't? I mean, I really want to quit thinking about this. I want to quit worrying. I want to quit having my mind consumed with this. But as I sit in church, I can't turn it off. Anybody ever been there? And so this is a real story. This is a real story. We have men of God. Think about this. They have been at the feet of Jesus, learning from him, seeing the miracles, uh, witnessing firsthand all that Jesus is doing, hearing him teach, hearing, just seeing, the. just imagine sleeping and eating and doing everything with Jesus. And then when he gives, he, if you'll have it, when Jesus begins to preach, all they can say is we got a problem. We don't know how we're going to solve it, right? So I, I, think that, I think that you and I can relate to the disciples in their situation. So if that be the case, kind of like to, to, to transfer that a little bit into to today. And, and let's just look at today. I, I said last week, and, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm still just thankful for the church, the the Sandhill Church and those of you joining us online and and, and everybody that's here, um, you guys have been really great about saying the Word of God is important. You guys have been really good about wanting the Word of God and learning the Word of God and 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 you guys have been been great. So this is not a shame on you message, but I I do want to uh, deal with the issue. Sometimes our flesh gets in the way of hearing from God. Is that true? Sometimes our flesh gets to... Now, I know this has never happened to anybody. I, I know this, this could not pass, possibly happen at Sand Hill. But anybody ever come to church mad? I mean, whoever it is, you're mad at your spouse, you're mad at me, you're mad at, you're mad at somebody, and you don't hear a word from the Bible because you're mad. And we can go on, we can list off a thousand different things, but my point is this morning, this is important. This is important. What we are doing is important. Worshiping God is important. Uh, uh, feeling the presence of the Lord is important. Hearing the Word of God is important. And very often, things that are not important will take our place. Anybody ever had this here? Uh, anybody ever been really mad and ticked and didn't get a thing out of service and the time service is over and you got home and went out to eat, you forgot all about what you were mad about and didn't even matter, 
Right? So you cheated yourself from hearing from God because you were so upset about something that really didn't even matter. And I'm just trying to get us to see that this is important. And as we live, it is something that we all deal with. We can get sidetracked and church uh, becomes, um, and really, this is what I titled the message this morning, Boring Church. Boring Church. Now, I hope this does not apply to anybody here. I hope this does not apply to anybody online. But I know this does apply. Sometimes we just get bored with church. And we're just going to be real honest with and just look at some of the reasons why we get bored with church. Now, I know when you come talk to the pastor, everybody always says, oh, I get up on, on Monday morning. I just can't wait to get back and hear you preach, pastor. Right. That's what everybody likes to tell me. And everybody just like say they're just so excited about church. And no one ever wants to say, you know, I really didn't want to come this morning, but I just figured I had to. Right. You don't want to say that to me. Right. You got you got to act like you want to be here. But the truth is, sometimes church gets boring. We want to look at why does church sometimes get boring? And as we relate to this story that these 12 disciples, if you will, the best that Jesus had they come to a point where they were not listening they were sidetracked by the world and they did not get the message we want to ask the question how does that happen to you and i if we could just be real honest about it and I, and i want to talk about this just for a minute but sometimes the reason church is boring is because the preaching is boring right that that's just the truth sometimes the preaching is boring sometimes um, it, it's not really that much worth listening to. And I, I understand that. I, I uh, uh, am very conscious of that. Now, I very much believe in um, a long-term pastor. I, I believe that's really God's plan. I believe that's a New Testament plan. I believe that it is God's will to have a pastor in a sanctuary. Th- this jumping uh, every year to changing pastors, that's, ne- that's never good for church. I believe in a long-term pastor. I believe that's right. But there is a problem with that. <clears throat> when you preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you do that every every week, and you do that for years and years and years and years, I mean, when you first start preaching, everything you say is the first time I've ever heard it. It's just exciting, it's thrilling, it's new, it's great. And after a while, it gets to be, man, Pastor, we've heard that before, right? And it is a challenge to not just repeat everything we've said before. It's a real challenge. Now, you're never going to preach the Bible out. There's no preacher ever does that. Here's what really happens. If we want to really get down to the where the rubber meets the road, there is no preacher on the planet that can ever in a lifetime preach this book out, right? And there's no one who can plummet the depths of the riches of this Word of God. And, and, and basically, I've run out of everything. I've preached everything there is. There's, nothing, there, there's no preacher can do that. But here's what a preacher can do. I can preach everything I know. Ain't got nothing else. So let's use a little logic. If I have preached you guys everything I know and I have nothing now to preach to you guys except because I've already preached everything I know, what's the only solution? I can bore you to death for the rest of your life or I need to learn something new. That's the only solution there is, right? I mean, I I ain't got nothing more. I'm just going to preach the same thing I've been preaching and you guys are just going to be bored to death. Or I could say, you know what? I got to have something new. And you know how I get something new? I study. I study. I go in and I find something deeper. I couldn't tell you how many times I've been. I could not tell you the number of times I have went to study, to get ready for a message, and I start studying. I thought, oh, that is good. That is really good. I can't wait to preach it. And I think, no, I preached that before. I preached that. I think I preached that three times. Right? And then I tell myself, 
If you want to preach that, you're going to have to dig down deeper than you did last time and get something that wasn't there before, or else you're just going to bore them to death. So sometimes it's a preacher's fault. We let's be real honest. Sometimes it's a preacher's fault. If you just going to preach the same thing over and over and over again, it is. Uh, and and for a congregation, I, I just say this here. I appreciate where the Sandhill Church is at. I appreciate you guys. But here's my problem with the Sandhill Church. Um, a lot of you guys have been here for a really long time. You've heard everything I got to say. Right? You've been, you've been faithful to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school. You've been here all the time. You're very faithful. Everything I preach, you're listening. I go to the scripture, sit down. You guys are, are comprehending it. So I can't just come back with the same old, same old because it's going to be boring. So it's got to be something good. It's got to be something new. It's got to be something better than I had last time. Or you guys will just become very bored with church. I heard a preacher say this. I've actually heard several preachers say this. I believe this to be true. And particularly when you're the, when you're the senior pastor. I want you guys to think about this. I don't need, I don't especially need Renee to remind me of this, but I need, I want you guys to think about this. Boring preaching is a sin. You know what that is? I bear the responsibility to make this worth coming to. I bear the responsibility that it's not just the same old, same old, that it is worth listening to. So, so there is a responsibility laid up on the shoulders of the pastor to make it not just boring preaching. Sometimes we're still talking about, I haven't, uh, I'm just kind of uh, uh, giving you some things to think about here, but sometimes preaching is misunderstood. Amen? That's what they did here. Jesus said, beware of the leaven, and they said, oh, he's talking about bread. How many times does preaching get misunderstood? Now, sometimes that may be the preacher's fault because he didn't say it right, but sometimes it isn't the preacher's fault. Sometimes it's the congregation's fault because they twisted it around. And sometimes it's because you're thinking about your problems instead of thinking about Jesus. And you're so consumed with your problems when the priest word of God comes, you twist it around and it's and you don't get it right. Now, we're being we're we're in the being honest stage, right? <laughs> okay, we're in the being honest stage. Is it true that sometimes we don't get anything out of preaching because we're just not really in the mood? Just really not in the mood. I mean, whether you're just discouraged, whether you're upset, whether you're worried. I mean, you just list any emotion you want to on there. But truth is, sometimes, preacher, I really, I just want this to be over with because I, I really just am not in the mood to listen. Now, I think that applies to all of us. It's okay. That's okay. I think it applies to all of us. This, you know, this is okay. But what I'm trying to get to is this is too important to let that happen to. Are you guys with me? Yeah, we all have a flesh. Yeah, we all have worries. Yeah, we all have problems. There isn't a person I'm looking at. There is not one person here who has not come to church before and had some pretty big problems they were dealing with. But this is where you ought to come. And this is where you ought to come and get better. And you're not going to do that if you just sit here and think about your problems. You're going to do that when you think about Jesus. Amen? So, so we can, we can uh, uh, just the mood that we're in can keep us from enjoying church, keeps from getting anything out of preaching. And, and I think we all know this. Satan works very, very hard to make sure you don't get anything out of church. Is that right? He doesn't want you to hear anything in the preaching. He doesn't want you to hear anything in the, in the singing. He doesn't want you to get encouraged. He doesn't want you to get uh, to live closer to God. Satan does everything in his power to, to put something in your mind, to discourage you, to take you away, so you're not listening to the preaching of the Word of God. <clears throat> and now here's a, here's a stretch for you, but I believe this. Um, and you guys don't have to lie and say amen, but I believe this. I believe this with all my heart. 
I believe if the preaching is done, I believe if the singing is done right, I think our singers do a phenomenal job. I believe singing should be done with excellence. I think it should be done right and it should be done good. It should be to God's glory and it should be the word should mean something. I think the preaching should be done um, uh, to, to the very best of the preacher's ability. I, I think that the congregation should come in hungering for the word of God. But can I just say this? This is what I believe. I believe that coming to church on Sunday morning and hearing the uh, worship of the Lord and hearing the word of God should be the most exciting thing you do all week. You say, preacher, it ain't near as exciting as something else I do. See, that's what I'm talking about. This ought to be the most exciting thing we do. This should never be boring. This should be exciting. And I think I preached a couple weeks back, you know, we're, we're excited about all the other things we're doing in life, and then we come to church and it's kind of boring. So, <clears throat> So point number one, uh, as I, as my typical has been, my introduction very long, my points will be short, uh, but reasons church is, is boring. The reason church is boring. And we've already said sometimes, sometimes it's the people's fault that are, that are in service. We've all been in those services when, whether the guy conducting the service or the people singing or the, um, you know, we, we don't have that here anymore. And, and, uh, um, you know, I think it's kind of gone out of style, but how many of you can remember back, you know, 30, 40 years ago when you go to church and the guy's singing in between each song, he'd have testify for 20 minutes. Remember that? I mean, it was just kind of normal. And you, you're going to be there for an hour and a half just listening to the, to him talk and him sing and, you know, it'll be 15 songs and uh, 20 minutes talking to him and all that. And sometimes it's just not done very well. And sometimes that, and again, that's kind of a thing of the past, but just kind of making the point. Sometimes church is boring because what we're doing is boring. I believe we ought to be inviting people to come to church. I believe people should be, we should be inviting the lost. I believe we should be working to see people come in. But I've said this since I was a young kid, that if we invite them in, we ought to have something for them to come for. Church ought to be fun. It ought to be exciting. It ought to be thrilling. We ought to be excited. We're serving Jesus. We're worshiping Jesus. We're hearing from God. We ought to want to come to church. It ought to be exciting. And it's going to take some work on our part to make sure that happens. The, the singing, um, if I could give the singers a little bit of, uh, all, all of our singers, every, every last one of them. Don't they do great? Don't they do great? But I think that they have done, if I dare say, even a little better since all this has happened. They're getting up here smiling and worshiping and just, uh, and just really, just doing such a great job. They have such good songs. They have such good, you know, uh, just everything is just so good about it. If you come to church and you hear the singing, you know, and, I, and I'll say this, and I'll probably offend someone when I do say it, but when, when, if you come to the Sandhill Church and you listen to singing and say, well, I get nothing out of that, I think there's something wrong with you. Because I think the singing is very spiritual, and I think it is very much a blessing. I think it is very much a, a, very, a very good thing. And it should be. This should be. And I think the singers have that responsibility just like the preacher. The preaching ought to be good. So Reasons Church is boring. Sometimes the preaching is bad. Sometimes the singing is bad. Sometimes the service is bad. Sometimes it's just basically what I'm saying is sometimes it isn't the congregation's fault. Sometimes it's a person behind a stand's fault. But as we've already said, sometimes church is boring. It isn't anything to do with the singers and anything to do with the preacher. It has to do with people that are here. You come in with a problem on your mind. You come on, come in with something aggravating you. And church is very, very boring just because of what's on your mind. <clears throat> Preacher been saying this for years, uh, and it's very, very true, but it's never been more true than it is in our day. 
If you come to church, you know, if, 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 if someone fixes your very favorite meal, the, the best thing you like to eat, but right before you eat it, um, you, you go, you had a big meal right before you come to that meal. It don't matter how much you like that, you're not going to want to eat it. If you come into church and you're full, you're full of the world, you're full of everything that's going on in the world, you're just full of that, you come into church and you're not desiring the Word of God, you're already full with the world and you have no appetite for the Word of God. So we got to come to church with a, with a desire, a hunger for the Word of God. <clears throat> And, and this is kind of uh, this is kind of really what I wanted us to understand, because this morning my heart is not to preach. I could preach a big message on the lost, not listening to the to the gospel, and that's that's a serious offense. We could preach about those that are rebellious and not listening to the word of God. But really, where my heart is at this morning, as I read this, as I read this text, where my heart is at, I want to preach this morning to the best Christians in the house. I want to preach to the Christians who love the Lord. I want to preach to the Christians that's been here a long time and who love Jesus. And those people, everybody sometimes drifts. Isn't that true? The best among us. And we can look around and we say, boy, look at that one. Look at that one. Look at that one. Look at that. You know, the best. And as I look across the congregation, as as I think about all those at home, we have some really good, solid Christians in this church. We have people who are faithful, who have been faithful for years, who are, who are just good, solid Christians. But the truth is we all drift. Now I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but is there anybody here that since you've been saved, you've gotten away from the Lord? Anybody here that's gotten cold? Anybody here, man, I'm not saying you went out and did all kinds of evils in the world. I'm saying, is, is there anybody here who's ever just come to church since you've been saved? And, and you were so far away from God, it didn't really matter what was happening in the church. The singing didn't matter. The preaching didn't matter. You just drifted away. Now, here's what I want you guys to get. Is there anybody that's above that? Is there anybody that can say, I've been saved so long, preacher, I ain't got to worry about that. That ain't never going to happen to me. Right? Because It does. It does happen. And I'll be honest, I was probably naive enough to think that uh, years ago, you know, all fired up as a young preacher, and that'll never happen to me. I'll, I'll never be bored. I'll never, I'll never have me. But you know what happened? Life happened. Life happened to me. And there's been some times, now I have a little different situation than you guys. If I don't want to go to church, if I'm bored, if, uh, if I'm, if I'm away from the Lord, I gotta say, you do have to preach this morning. You better get right with God before you get there. So I gotta, I, right, I can't just come here and fake it like you guys. You know, I gotta, I gotta get over that. But I, if I'm real honest, there are times it's a challenge to me to get my heart where I'm supposed to be. So I want to come to church. And you say, Pastor, you shouldn't say that. Well, are, is any of you any different? Well, there's times we get just a little bit cold, a little away from the Lord. I'm not saying you're sinning. I'm not saying you're on your way out. I'm just saying that there are times we drift away from the Lord and that closeness is not there. And we come to church and it's just not really getting anything out of it. It's just boring. And it seems strange to me to preach this message. I, I, I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled, and I really, this really wasn't, didn't seem like a real good message to preach this morning. And at a time when you guys have been phenomenal and, and being faithful to come to church and being faithful to listen, all of you joining us online have been so faithful and everyone's been so supportive and got that really nice letter from Ruth this morning. Boy, what an encouragement. We'll put it out there, but she just, you know, thank you. And we're watching everything. And it's really a blessing. All the good things we're having and you guys being so good. This seems like a really strange message to preach because you guys are doing such a good job. So this isn't a shame on you message, but at the same time, are we in a place where we, it's not possible. I can't get cold. I can't have a problem that distracts me. No matter what happens, I always want to hear the preacher preach. I know you tell me that to my face, but in your heart, you know that's not true. Because there are times we all drift away. 
And so sometimes church can get boring and we need to understand how to deal with that. So number two, point number two, uh, the results of boring church. Now, again, it can be the, the people that are doing it and it can be the people in the congregation. But can I just tell you a very serious uh, 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 result of boring church? People go to hell. If the preaching's no good and the singing's no good, someone comes in looking for Jesus and they're bored out of their mind because what's going on up here is boring and they go to hell, someone's going to be responsible for that. It, it, is, it is a dangerous thing when church becomes boring and people go to hell. But also people go to hell because they come into a good church and there's good singing and there's good preaching and the word of God is set and their mind is somewhere else and they don't get anything out of it and they go away rejecting the gospel and they go to hell because church was boring for them. Do you know why most lost people don't want to come to church? You know, I, I believe we're way past that day. I hear people say things like, well, it's because, you know, they... They, they just don't want to straighten up and live right. You know what I believe people don't want to? They're just having too much fun in the world. I mean, church means I got to quit having fun and I got to go be bored all the time, right? That's kind of the concept we have at church. Listen, church should not be boring. Church ought to be exciting. It ought to be fun. It ought to be, it ought to be something we look forward to. And we ought to, and, and by the way, and, and you guys do a good job of this, uh, this, uh, just pat you on the back for it. But when the, when the, when your center people see you, they ought to see you enjoying church. When you talk to them, you ought to talk to them with, an, with excitement. I enjoy church. I got a lot out of it. I enjoy going. It was fun. You ought to come. It's a great time. You'll get a blessing. Come. Go with me. But if you don't really want to be here, you're not going to be a very good uh, uh, person to invite others to come to church. So uh, we, we have those going to hell. Uh, always, if they're in this, I don't well, I have time to, to preach on this, but I just mention it quickly. Under a result of a boring church, we're going to get a lot of complaining and a lot of negativity. Is that right? Listen, if it's bad up here, there's going to be a lot of complaining going on out there. If it's good up here and you're not where you're supposed to be, there's going to be a lot of complaining going on. If you come in and you're all consumed with your problems or you're mad or you're not in the mood or whatever the case may be, and you get nothing out of the church, when you go out to eat, what are you going to do? Talk about how bad church was. That preacher doesn't feed me anymore. I don't get nothing out of it. Them singers, I get nothing out of it. You're going to be compl- you're very negative. You're very critical. You're very putting everything down. And d- is that a serious issue? That's a serious issue because lost people are hearing Christian people say how bad church is. So it's a big deal when church becomes boring. Their results are very, very bad. And obviously, the result of boring church is you're going to get cold on the Lord. Just that simple. And again, whether it's on this side of the pulpit or on that side of the pulpit, if church is boring, you're going to get cold. and There's not going to be any spiritual growth. So <clears throat> let's just look at uh, point number three, renewing church. So I, I trust that most everybody here is enjoying coming to church. I trust that most everybody here is not bored church. I trust that those watching online are enjoying church. I trust that that's where we're at, that we're not in a state where everybody doesn't want to come to church. We love church. We love, uh, we enjoy being here. And, and that seems to be the case. And I, and I'm, and I'm so very thankful for that. But, but if, if you will, there will be a time, if you right now just absolutely love coming to church, can I tell you there will come a time when church gets boring? There will come a time when you're so obsessed with something going on out in the world, you don't really want to be here. There will come a time when you're ticked off at me or ticked off at somebody else and you don't really want to be in church. Can I, can I just tell you when that time comes, we need to figure out how do we renew it and get it back to where it was before. Amen. So I already said this. The preaching needs to get better. 
Um, I, I, I won't bore you with all the details, but when this whole thing first started, I just realized, this is what I realized, there wasn't a soul here, nobody here, had Josh and CJ back there. And, but here's what I realized, Josh was very encouraging, this is what he said, Dad, if it's not good, they're going to scroll on and go watch somebody else. <laughs> is that true? See, you guys, if it's really bad preaching this morning, you guys are too embarrassed to just get up and walk out. But if you're on Facebook, man, Gary's boring today. I'm going to the next preacher, right? And I ain't staying for that. That's his way it works. And so Josh said, Dad, if it ain't really good, they ain't going to watch you. No pressure, but that's how it is. So I realized this is gonna, I'm going to have to dig a little deeper. This is going to, this is going to, be something that, this is going to have to be something that the people can get something out of, or they will. And here's the thing now when you're preaching. Here's, here's the thing, guys. There's 500 other preachers preaching right this moment. All those people watching us on TV, all right now, all they got to do is go, there's 500 other preachers out there preaching, right? Some of them are faithful to us, and I'm thankful for that, but my point is this. Preaching needs to be better. We need to, we need to do better. We need to dig deeper. We need to read more. We need to study more. We need to work hard. You'll never be a good preacher if you don't work hard. It takes a lot to be a good preacher, and it takes a lot to preach for a long time and not just say the same thing over and over and over. So preaching needs to get better. If we want a renewed church, the people need to understand the stakes. We've tried to explain to you this morning the stakes. The stakes are high. Lost people on their way to, to hell. Every last person here, there's not a person I'm looking at that does not have some people you love very dearly that are on their way to hell right now. Would you like to see them go to heaven? Do you know a lot of that depends on how excited we are when we come here? We have people now joining us. Thank God we're so thankful for it. But we have numerous of your family and of people that we all know and, and different people that are lost that, that, that have been joining us, uh, uh, that, that know you guys. They've been joining us for our services. Praise God for that. We're so very thankful for that. And, and so the consequences, they when they tune in, when one of your lost people turn in, they need to hear something that makes them interested, where they want to listen to more, where they want to, where they want to get saved. So this is important. It's important that church not be born. There's too much on the line, guys. Listen, we could be... Literally in the last days, we need to do all we can to be on fire for God. It's important that we don't have boring church. I'll just say this real plain. We're under renewing church. When church becomes boring, we need to stop and evaluate. I'm just being real honest. Is it me or is it them? You're sitting in your pew and you're saying, well, if singing was better, I'd get something out of it. If they were more spiritual, I'd get something out of it. If the preacher was better, I'd get something out of it. Well, evaluate, is that accurate? Is that true? If that's true, then the singers and the preachers need to do better. But how'd you come to church? You guys answer me this question. If you get up, and, and I, don't feel this, I don't feel this applies to any person here, I believe. Everybody here is very, very positive. And if you're not, you guys are fooling me, and please don't tell me different. But I think you guys are very, very positive, right? But if you get up on Sunday morning, let's say it was before the virus, you get up on Sunday morning and you get out of bed and you put your clothes on and you say to yourself, I know it ain't going to be no good today. They're going to sing them same songs that I don't like hearing. He's going to preach like he always does. I know I ain't going to get nothing out of it. I don't know why I'm even going. Are you going to come to church and get, your, get yourself blessed? You're going to go out here just as disappointed as you plan on being disappointed. Right? So I'm saying it's, it's important how, uh, it's important that we figure out why is church boring? <clears throat> Whose fault is it? I give you this little thing. This is very interesting to me. I think this is a kind of a, almost humorous, uh, if not, whatever. 
Most of you here know Brother Sonny. Brother Sonny's talked to me many times about this. This is funny to me. We're talking about church being born. We're talking about turning off the preacher. We're talking about not listening to the preacher. We're talking about not getting anything on the preacher. How often is it said, the preacher doesn't feed me? Sometimes that's very, very true. The preacher doesn't feed me. He doesn't give me any of the Word of God. He doesn't, he doesn't give me anything. Sometimes that's very, very true. Sometimes the preacher's feeding you very well, and it's your fault. Amen? Here's an interesting thing. I think this is kind of funny. Why do we turn off preachers? Why do we turn off preachers? Most people that I listen, most people that I know that I've talked to, I, I have heard very few people since I've been past this church, I have heard very few people really in my life turn people off because of doctrine or Bible or beliefs. Most time it's style. Right? We're just honest, most time it's style. So, Brother Sonny, most of you know him. He shared this with me many, many times. This, I think this is kind of funny, kind of interesting. He, he, he's, he's moved, most of you know that, but where he was before, North Carolina, and in the circles he ran with, even the Free Will Baptist Church is down there. So Brother Sonny is a very educated man. He's very, very biblical. He's a very good expository preacher. He preaches, he has sound doctrine, just, just dead-on doctrine. He's a very, very, very good preacher. But in the circles that he runs in, that he used to run in, and, and down there among all the Free Baptist churches, he said, all these other churches around here that are even the Free Baptist churches, they like me, but they won't have me come preach because I get too excited. Right? He's like, I get too excited. He gets loud, and he gets kind of excited, and he gets, and they want someone, they, they agree with his doctrine, they agree with everything he says, he, he's a really good preacher, but we don't really want, that's not our, that's not our style, he gets too excited. Your pastor, you know, the, the circles that we run in, I've never been accused of he just doesn't preach a Bible. I've never been accused of he just doesn't know the Bible. Not really had too much issues with his doctrine is wrong. But in our circles that we run in, he just doesn't get quite excited enough. If he was a little bit more excited, we'd invite him to come preach for us. And they won't invite me to come preach because I don't get excited enough. Isn't that funny? Right? I'll move to North Carolina, but suddenly move to Ohio, everything will be great. Right? But what's, what's the point of that story? We're talking about the Word of God going out the way it should go out, but I won't listen to it because it's not the way I want it. He got too loud, I'm not going to listen to him. He didn't get loud enough, I'm not going to listen to him. But can I tell you, time is short. We need to get serious. If that's your hang-up, you need to get over it. You need to listen to the Word of God because the Word of God is trying to talk to your heart and you won't listen because you're caught up on your what style you want. What style you want. This is important. This is important. And we need not have church be boring. I trust that I trust that nobody here needed this message. I trust that nobody online needed this message. I trust that uh um we're all just excited to be here and church is great and that's the way it seems. I thank God for that. Um but I do have a suspicion somewhere down the road something's going to come across your path and church is going to get boring. And I just hope you remember how important it is. And the easiest thing to do if you come into church and you're irritated and you're upset and you're aggravated and you're worried and you get nothing out of the church, the easiest thing for you to do is go sit in your car and say, well, it's a preacher's fault. I did everything right and he did everything wrong. You don't have to feel guilty. You didn't get nothing out of it and you can just tell everybody how bad the preacher was and that, that's how it goes. And this isn't, I'm not here trying to lift up Gary. I'm just trying to get across to you. This is important. This is important. And, and without this, we're going to grow very weak.
We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.